It's time. It's time to be inspired by your possibilities, to get excited about your life. It's time to make the change you have always been wishing for. This is a podcast of young people, by young people, for young people. Yes, you can make it possible. We are going to make it possible. Are you ready to take on a mission? We are. Mission Possible. Here is your host, Belinda Song. Today, we have a very special guest all the way from Australia. His name is Matt McLean, and he is going to talk to us about following your curiosity and how to take the leap on adventure you've always dreamed about, but just never done anything about it. I'm so excited to share with you my conversation with Matt, and I think you'll get a lot out of this. But first, I wanted to introduce to you the concept of today's podcast. Have you ever wanted to do something great or do something new, but never had the courage to do this? Or maybe the other things in your life just got in the way and you never really got around to it. I know for myself, I've always wanted to go to Australia. I've never been there, and I guess if you ask me why I haven't gone there yet, the reason I would explain to you why would be something like, oh, it's my job, the money, or I just don't have the time. I mean, there are many reasons we tell ourselves about why we can't do the things we wanted to do. And today, I hope to challenge you to rethink your excuses. Try to honestly ask yourself why you can't do something you've always wanted to do. It's kind of like a, an excuse audit. We are testing our own excuses to see what they are, first of all, and if they actually hold up. So listen to my conversation with Matt and let me know what you think and let me know what the things that you have always wanted to do and what your excuses are. I mean, I would love to hear about all of it and get in touch with us on our website, mxpossible.com. Also, stay tuned to the end of the episode to hear about our monthly giveaway for loyal listeners. So anyway, on to my conversation with Matt. I met Matt through a travel presentation about how to maximize your travel reward. It's almost like hacking your air mile and aeroplane points. And um, I just love his Australian accent. I guess the fact that he's traveled to so many places and have awesome stories are really just cherries on top. So without further ado, hey man, how's it going? here is Max McLean on following your curiosity. You're from Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, tell us about, you know, where are you from and what was it like to grow up in Australia and coming here and stuff? Sure. Okay. I think Canada and Australia are pretty similar. Like, I think the the people are the same. Like, the weather's different, but the people are, like, somewhat... It's like kind of like they're long-lost cousins. So, I think I grew up in, like, a pretty small town on the beach, like, two minutes walk to the beach. Um, maybe, like, a thousand, two thousand people there. Uh, it's in a, it's called Markula Beach. Markula Beach. Yeah, it's, it, the name of it is because it was like in between these two 
one town's called Marichidor, the other town's called Coolum. Oh. So they just like merge the two names. It's like a really lame way to name a town. <laughs> right. But anyway, I grew up in this small town around the beach. Um, small family, both my parents and my sister. And yeah, it was awesome, you know, like just went to like a went to a Catholic school, not religious, but it was uh, kind of like a the better school than the one down the road. Right. And then went to um, went to high school, went to university, and then I decided I wanted to leave. But growing up there was awesome. I love the beach. I love like the people. I think the attitude there is really cool. It's like laid back. People are kind of like uh, no worries, you know, like just chill out, like don't take yourself so seriously. And I admire that. I think that's good. You, you shouldn't be so serious or arrogant or concerned all the time. So I like growing up in Australia. I think the wildlife is something everyone talks about. Like there were sharks at the beach. There mm-hmm. was like jellyfish and there's crocodiles and there's like and then there's the fun stuff like kangaroos and stuff. But it's just kind of like you don't realize how normal, like how weird that is, I guess, until you leave. And everyone's like, "Whoa, you can have kangaroos!" Like, yeah, of course you have kangaroos. Like a dog, like it's like a wild dog. When I came here, it was like bears. Like bears and cougar, it's like holy shit! Like <laughs> you guys have, so it's it's normal, and you don't realize how how weird it is until you go somewhere. Else. Right, I, I think you made a really good point, Matt. In that small town where you grew up with a couple thousand people, mm-hmm. right, and you feel people there are just you know stress free, you know, living a life with no worries. Me, I grew up in Shanghai, China, which is in a huge city from the middle of the city you can take a subway and two hours either way you're still within the city of shanghai it, 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 it's it's huge and when i came here you know i'm like where are the people on the street and i think it's a really good um comparison between the, the big city people how you know where i grew up and, and versus where you grew up is you know shanghai people or in any metropolitans right Toronto, New York City, people are always going somewhere. People are always going late for something, yeah. right? You feel the rush. You feel the stress. You feel the pressure. Even just, you know, standing there, not doing anything, but you just look at the faces of all those people. They're, you know, generally not happy. Mm-hmm. They're in their own little world, right? And uh, now you're in Victoria, B.C., and it's, you know, kind of a small city, how do you how do you feel? I like Victoria. Like I lived in Vancouver and Toronto, and I think Victoria is nice. It's not as crazy. Like you miss out on some stuff. Like there's not as much concerts, so there's not the food is different. The f- I guess you don't have the multicultural kind of everywhere to go. But Victoria is small. There's a couple of schools. So there's young people. There's a lot of old people. Uh, and there's stuff to do. So I think for me, being in a city is nice because there's stuff to do and there's transit and there's all that fun stuff. Matt, you mentioned you wanted to leave your home country. I left, yeah. And what prompted you to making that decision? I mean, it is a big move, right? Away from your family, away from an environment that you're familiar with mm-hmm. and moving it, you know, pretty much, you know, to another continent, right? 
What made you make that decision? Um, I don't know. I finished my school like I did uh, university. I worked. I studied as a teacher. Seventeen years old. Went to university. Everyone, like, I guess that's just the age it works in Australia. Went to university four years. That's twenty-one years old, and was like qualified to be a teacher. I was only like two, three years older than some of the students. Right. And so it didn't feel, didn't quite feel right. I was wasn't ready. I just wanted to have a like a break, like mm-hmm. a six-month break. Because in Australia, usually you have a year after you can have a gap year. They call people go to Europe and do Kentucky tours and stuff. But I wanted to have a break because I didn't have one. So I was like, oh, I'll go to Canada or the UK. And I Googled, like, which one had a good working holiday program. And they both did, but it was easier to get to Canada. So I booked a one-way ticket to Canada. I got my visa. Uh, I came here. And, yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy ride. I, pl- I plan on being here six months, and I am still here. So Wow. That was, that was 2009, so, like, six, six years ago. Six years, and you plan to be here for six months, and then now you've been here for six years. Yeah. So tell us what happened in these uh, six years. Um, I think it's like it, it led me from like one to one place to the next. So like, I wanted to. I came in November two thousand nine. to work in the ski hill, like everyone in Australia wants to work in like ski resorts <laughs> in Canada, and so you want to work in like everyone's like, oh Whistler, there's so many Australians in Whistler, but. I wanted to work in a ski hill. I was, like, way too late, though. Like, November is the last, like, way past the hiring date for any positions. So I wasn't hearing back from anybody. And I was freaking out. And I was, like, w- looking for work, looking for work. And tried to, like, get work as a dishwasher in a bunch of restaurants in Vancouver. Was staying in the hostel. And, uh... Anyway, I finally found work. And the only one I heard back from was this cruise ship. And it was a cruise ship going down the Caribbean. And I was like, this is incredible... As I can go on a cruise ship and get paid to go on there and go to the States. And they were going to fly me to the States and then take me down there. And I was like, this is awesome. I didn't think this was even possible. And then so I kind of went, tried that, came back. It was only like a two-week contract over Christmas. I came back and was just kind of like, geez, you know, like you can, you can do some pretty cool stuff like I would never have thought I could work on a cruise ship. And so I was, like, really curious about how I could make that work. So I started to, like, look at, like, the Olympics were in, in Vancouver in 2010. I was like, okay, I want to work at that. And so like, I started applying, found something on Craigslist. I got something working for Coca-Cola. I was like, this is awesome. I wanted to work at a summer camp in the States. And so I was, like, Googled that and found this place at hires and found out I can do some crazy sneaky visa thing that lets me get a visa through Canada so I don't have to go home for it. I was like, this is awesome. So I went through the process and it just kind of like opened my eyes up about different things I could do. So 2009, I came for like six months and I realized like I can see the world and I can grow up a bit and I can try new things. Like I have this flexibility. I have this freedom. I have no debt. I have no kids. I don't have like a wife. I don't have all these things that like are commitments and things that I need to spend my time on. I just really have to worry about myself and not dying, you know, like there's like the only <laughs> two things that I had to focus on. And so uh, I was like, I really opened my eyes up. And so I was like, okay, I'll go to the Olympics. I'll just try and survive in Vancouver and I'll do these cool things in between. And I kind of was like going contract to contract. Anyway, long story short, I did that for like three, four years. I was like, 
worked in a summer camp, was teaching water skiing in New York. And then I went to Europe and spoke at a conference in Austria, like found this, Googled this conference that I knew something about and asked if I could be a speaker. And they're like, yeah, and they had some funding. And so I went to this conference and that was really cool. And then um, came back to Vancouver and had no money, like had to stay with random relatives and, and, uh, and then try and find work at a ski resort. I was like, I determined to finally actually do that. So I got a job in Whistler, went to Whistler, did that. Um, then got a job. I wanted to live in Toronto, so I went and moved to Toronto. It was just like this freedom thing where I was like bouncing between point to point where I kind of like, I had the ability to choose, like, you know what? I'm interested about this. Let me do that. And it started to be like, I started to realize it was just kind of like, if I was interested in something or curious about something, I could just go and do it. There was nothing stopping me except for my own like ability to do that. And so I really liked being able to go to Toronto without asking anyone for permission you know i just like booked i like got this unlimited greyhound pass and like took greyhounds across the states to go to toronto and that was horrible but it was interesting and then um they moved back and and in between there like in between the last six years i moved to england and lived in england and france for a little bit and then back in australia for a little bit but i also met a girl and she's canadian and so now we're engaged and we live oh, here congratulations in thank you yeah i know it's been a couple six months now but um we're excited and happy and doing really well here in victoria but that's kind of what brought me back to canada it's been a bit of time trying to build a career or just build career skills and uh i feel like i found somebody i can still have that curiosity and we can still travel and see cool stuff um, but it's also nice to be able to put your to make good money like real money instead of like Mr. Noodle money, like just making enough to buy Mr. Noodle <laughs> and, uh, and like scraping by. So now I can put all my energy into like having adventures and being curious and following those passions, but I can also, uh, put my energy into like building something cool. And that's career wise. I can build my, put myself in towards like a team that's achieving something or like a community or like a product or a service. And so I really like that's where I am now. And I don't, I don't not have flexibility or freedom anymore um, because I think I've designed my life a little bit that I can, I have that. So yeah, that's a really long story, but I was in Australia, finished school, traveled, found like the world and realized what it could offer and wanted to see as much as of it as I could. And then now I'm here in Victoria and I, try and travel like six or seven times a year wow that's that's really awesome and when i ask a lot of young people if time and money were no issue how would you want to spend your days mm. and the overwhelming answer that i get from young people is i want to travel more mm -hmm. i want to live on my passion and when you ask them, okay, why don't you do it? A lot of them are like, well, you know, it is not possible. I don't have the time. I don't have the money, mm -hmm. right? It is scary, you know, like it's just like a dream that's far away. Mm -hmm. But you are actually, you know, a person who's, you know, lived out, you know, as you said, right? I'm curious about something. I'm just going to go try it, mm -hmm. right? You know, you asked to be a speaker on a conference in Europe. 
right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, who would, uh, I guess, have the gut to even like ask them, right? But you don't know until you've tried it, mm-hmm. right? And think, you know, that's from what I'm hearing. It's like the philosophy that you've lived your life, right? Just follow your passion and don't be afraid. I know to a lot of people, it is their dream to have that lifestyle. Do you have any um, advice to people who are like, wow, that sounds awesome. I, you know, I want to go out and do it, but I think, you know, it's going to be very difficult for me or it sounds scary, mm-hmm. right? It is scary to step out of your comfort zone and do something that you don't know about, mm-hmm. right? So what would you say to listeners who are like, I want to do it, but, you know, how do I get started? Yeah, I don't know. I think a big part of it is just like, Everyone has ideas and everyone has thoughts and everyone has dreams and stuff. But the difference is like between anyone who takes action is the actual taking action part. And that doesn't mean you have to go and buy a $2,000 plane ticket. It just means you have to start living your life in a way that takes action on the things you want to do. There's like meetup.com or whatever is like that meetup place. And you can go and find like a local group that learns languages or does tap dancing or, or creates origami or does painting or does like public speaking or whatever that's a good way to start i think is just like taking small steps towards things that you're curious about and committing to them and trying them exploring new things not being afraid to be in front of people and even like if you're introverted like if you're like super don't like crowds or you don't like talking to new people you're kind of shy you can still be a part of these things which are taking action towards things that you're curious about and that could be like i've always wanted to learn how to speak French or I always wanted to learn how to like ride the unicycle, whatever it is. Don't just say, I want to do that. Say, I am going to do that and go and start. When you talk about travel stuff, I think it's people make excuses and everyone has excuses. There's a saying, it's like excuses, excuses and assholes. Everybody's got one. Everyone makes excuses about everything. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, I didn't get a chance to to help you. Like, whatever. Even I didn't get a chance to talk to you yesterday because I was busy. It's like I just, I didn't make time to do that. The same as with traveling. Like, people don't make time, or they don't. They make an excuse to avoid having to deal with the problem. If you want to go traveling, find out how much money you need to do that, and it's really not that much. And make that money save a hundred bucks a month or a week or whatever it is and go and book that ticket and just do one and once you do one i guarantee like get a passport if you don't have one please and try even just visiting like the closest town across the border or somewhere that you don't know and i think it starts with small steps and it gets bigger and bigger but the biggest difference is action so take action do something about it don't think about doing it or trying to find the perfect way just do something like today tomorrow whatever just do something today mm-hmm, sure just take action just do it just like the nike there you slogan. go just, just, do it. just do it just do it what i really like about what you said matt is changing the mindset right changing the way you're thinking about something you said instead of saying oh i want to do it say i am going to do it mm-hmm. right so mm-hmm. for my listeners out there i want you to think of something that you've always wanted to do. What is it that you've always wanted to try? And now just change the mindset to, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that. And how you don't have to figure out now, 
But when you have the mindset of "I'm going to do it now," you figure out that how, in some way, the universe works it in its、uh, weird, funny ways. But when you have that goal, when you have that vision in your head, and things will happen, you will attract the right people, the right opportunities, the right connections, and the dots will connect. And sooner or later, your goal that you see so clearly in your head, it is going to happen in front of your eyes. So, Matt, you mentioned that、um, you know what you don't really need a two thousand dollar plane ticket to do the thing that you want to do, and you took a Greyhound bus, right, to travel across the states.、Mm-hmm. What was that like? You know, to be trapped in a bus of strangers for that many hours, you know, across yeah huge country like the United States. What what is that like? I don't know. For me, it was like the reason I chose the Greyhound bus is because it was like flexible. Like it was a thirty-day pass. You could have unlimited trips on the bus. They don't sell it anymore. It was like an explorer discovery pass or something. But the train has one, I think. But anyway, you can you would be able to book it. You just walk up to the counter and show them this special pass you have, and they're like, okay, and they they book it for you, and it usually included a bag. And so, I like the flexibility of it. I like that I didn't have to plan it ahead. I like that I didn't get charged to change the ticket or whatever. But the experience itself was kind of crazy. Like I wanted, I had like four or five different people I wanted to see along the way. Like I had cousins in cousins in Montana and Denver, and a friend in Portland, and. All kinds of up and downs, and I had to be in Toronto by a certain date、uh, to start this job that I had. And so, long story short, like it was scary. I was scared, you know. Like there was a guy who was killed on a greyhound, like in, in Canada a couple years ago. I remember that, like beheaded. Yeah, it was like、right? on、horrific. the back of the greyhound bus. Exactly, and, and, and、so、people didn't even realize no his body. Like everyone, it just like you know got off the bus, and you know there is、uh, yeah, yeah. It, I, it was pretty big news. It's funny, like that's a fear, and like the same thing. Everyone has fears about like planes or like boats or whatever, but like. It was kind of like something I was like, you know, what, I'm aware of it, but how many times does it not happen? You know, like how many times does does no one get beheaded on a bus? And that's every other time that a bus has ever driven. And when you think about a thousand buses probably going somewhere every day, it's not going to happen. So I was scared, and then kind of like confront, like you try and make conversation with people, and they're either friendly or they're not, or you're just this weird guy who's talking too much. And you get the funny thing is that you get on the bus and. The seats all have one person in them, and they're two-person seats, and nobody wants you to sit next to them. So no one makes eye contact with you. You get on the bus and you walk down the back, and you're like kind of like looking for the weak person who's going to look at you, and you can like <laughs> sit next to them. <laughs> and eventually, you don't get one. So like the last, the guy, you sit with the people at the back of the bus who are like badasses and they are scary. So anyway, like a bunch of times, you just try and find a seat on your own. If you don't, you sit with someone else, and you just don't talk to each other unless they're like friendly. Like, like some little old ladies are usually friendly, and some other like people every day. Every now and then, you get a friendly person. But most people just trying to get from A to B. You know, they're trying to sleep. It was like some overnight stuff and some weird times because I was trying to see friends and stuff. But it was a cool experience. I would do it again. I would recommend it to people. I think it's a good way to get around, and it's cheap and. Either way, like if you want to see, if you wanted to go from Vancouver to Denver, and the plane ticket was out of, was too much, but the bu- the bus ticket was affordable, how bad do you want to go? If you want to go bad enough, you'll take whatever means you need to to get there, and you're not going to die. I guarantee you. Well, I guarantee you everything. <laughs> but 
pretty certain that you're not going to die. Yeah, there's like a high possibility that you'll live. Much higher. Right, yeah, uh, yeah a, a lot higher. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's funny that you were telling the story of how you wanted to find a seat, and it's always one person occupying the two people's seat, Yeah. right? And I have to confess that I'm usually like, pretty early because I'm like I want to get into the front of the bus and I want to occupy a good seat yeah. and I don't want anybody sitting beside me so my strategy when I was in university and I have to admit it's a bit selfish that I'll actually pretend to like be sleeping because I figured that when I'm sleeping then nobody will be like bugging me right yeah. they, you know they, they won't be like hey wake up I want to sit beside you kind of thing right yeah right and <laughs> I get that. Everybody does that. Everybody does it when they're in the chair. And when they're the guy standing in the aisle, they're like frustrated that the person is doing that because they're like, now I can't sit anywhere. And that's kind of just a little bit of empathy, like understanding that sometimes people are in a situation where they didn't get to get on the bus first and they didn't get to do whatever. But I think, I think it's a normal situation to like be afraid. But what I like challenge people to do is like, don't do that because you wouldn't have the opportunity to sit next to somebody who might teach you something or, or show you something or share something with you that you would be a much better person for by learning that and by experiencing that. And so it's scary and it's hard. Maybe you get the weirdo who talks to you the whole time or like drools or whatever. Snores. But you won't know until you try and challenge yourself in that way. And I think it's it's hard. Anything Anything is hard because it's in your brain and your brain is putting up this wall like I don't want to talk to this person or I don't want to do that because it's scary or whatever blah 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 when there's an opportunity to meet somebody or there's an opportunity to do the right thing or be, be nice or whatever you should always challenge yourself to try and do that and so I get what you're saying I do it too but try and in your brain next time try and think okay maybe I'm going to let someone sit next to me Mm -hmm. And this podcast, Mission Possible, it's to encourage and to inspire, to empower young people to become a better version of themselves, right? And I think um, this is a very good story to emphasize that, yeah, you know, I'm not comfortable with a stranger sitting beside me, but just keep an open mind and you don't know that person's story, right? If you can be, you know, nice to that person and you might get something surprise in return you know have a good conversation learn something from the person meet another amazing human being right so just step out of your comfort zone and do something nice for a stranger and you know it's good karma it it will come back to you and what you will gain will be so much greater than what you would possibly lose so matt it sounds like you're really passionate about following your curiosity travel mm -hmm. see the world so with all that experience that you've had so far seeing a lot of things that most of us haven't got a chance to see what you know excites you the most mm -hmm. um, it's probably just like new experiences like you don't know what it feels like to ride a bike until you ride a bike Someone can explain to you, like, oh, well, it's like surfing. So, like, you don't know what it's like to ride a wave until you've ridden a wave. And if you've surfed before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you might just be like, whatever. I, like, I can't, I can't, I don't know what to compare that to. I don't know what the feeling is. I don't know what the emotion is. And so, 
when you experience something new in a way that you've never experienced before, your brain or something happens, an emotion that I don't even know what the word is for, because everybody overuses like the word awesome or inspiring or like exciting. When you experience great sadness, that is a really strong emotion. When you experience like great joy, when you see someone you haven't ex seen in a long time, you're like, oh man, I'm so happy. When you do something new that you've never done before and it's a new experience, that in itself is its own feeling, I think. And when you get that, you want that. And you want it again and again. You're willing to do the crappy stuff or, this, or the stuff that's hard or, you, or the stuff that's scary to get that back again. And so the thing that excites me is that feeling and that trying something new. And you get distracted by money and, and how much time you have and, and like love and, and, and careers and everything. But those, that feeling of like something new, something uh, like challenging when you overcome that or whatever is like such a cool, cool feeling. And that really excites me. That's kind of what pushes me to do these things and follow stuff that is like, I wonder what that's like. Or I wonder what it's like. You know what? I have no idea about this subject or about this place or whatever. I should try that. And I think that's probably the biggest motivator for me is like, is trying new things and not being afraid, like trying to overcome fear that I have. Um, I think it really comes like following your curiosity is like, like I said, it's a mindset. It's hard. It's difficult to do. And it's not like full of dreams and candy canes and unicorns, you know, like some of the stuff I was doing, like, was amazing, but the gaps in between were miserable, right? Like I was living on a bunk bed in the living room of somebody in downtown Vancouver so I could work at the Olympics, you know? Like there are people don't tell you the full story. Like I'm happy to tell anyone the full story if they ever want to hear it, but benefits outweigh the negative. And the gaps that you have in between or the, or the things of not having any money. Like I literally lived in Toronto. I was being paid by check, so I wasn't getting any money for five weeks, I lived in Toronto on Mr. Noodle and onions. Like I put, I cut up onions and, and I cracked an egg in Mr. Noodle and I ate that because I didn't have enough money to get me through. And so that experience is hard, but the benefit is so much more and so much more worth it if you can just overcome that, that piece. But I think it's important to know that, like, you're going to have to go through challenges. You're going to have to get these. They're going to have to sacrifice something to do that. You can't. You can't want a luxury first class ticket and only want to pay twenty bucks for it. You, if you want the twenty bucks ticket, you got to take the bus. And so, understand the logistics or the, what's going on with your goal. Don't be afraid of it. Embrace it. But just be aware that it's going to. It's going to be something that you're going to have to go all in on, you know, or, or, or have a real good dig at. I like to follow things that I was like, I wanted to go to, to Colombia. I've had a friend in Colombia. It would be easy for me to be like, you know, it's too hard to go to Colombia. It costs too much money or I don't, I don't have the time. I got to get work off. You know, today it's a busy time. You know, it's almost Christmas or I got to be looking for work. Like I was in between contracts or you could just go and see your friend and experience a new place. And I say, I don't know any Spanish. Oh, well, like get a Spanish book and read a little bit of it and say, hola, and 
thank you and like whatever but always gracias. gracias I don't even know that but like <laughs> you don't need to know all the steps you just need to have the willingness to try these things and a flexibility and, and, and a, a kind of like roll off the roll off your back attitude of like okay whatever will be will be and let's let's make it work and I I hear what you're saying Matt in that you know you have to be flexible in the things that you want to do. And me being a natural planner, you know, usually I need to plan everything out. I'm not comfortable stepping into something unless I know all the details, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, it is very time-consuming, of course. So how you know, what would you say to people out there who's, you know, who's like me, who's mm -hmm. like, you know what, I need to know more. Mm -hmm. I need to learn more Spanish, for example. I need to have more money before I'm comfortable enough to step out and actually do this. Mm -hmm. What would you say to these people? There's a quote I think is really cool um, from Hugh Laurie. And Hugh Laurie was an actor. He plays Dr. House on House. He's actually a British guy. He was on Blackadder and a bunch of other... British comedies. Anyway, he has a really cool quote about like n that no one's ever really ready. Like no, no one really knows what what when the perfect time is. I, I, I have it here. So it's a terrible thing, I think, in life to wait until you're ready. I have this feeling now that actually no one is ever ready to do anything. There is almost no such thing as ready. There is only now. And you may as well do it now. Generally speaking, now is as good a time as any. So I get what you're saying. I think it's so important to have an attitude that is like, you know what? It's never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be 100% good to go. I'm not going to be a fluent Spanish speaker, but I can get by. And if you're a little bit more details and type A, kind of like I need to have this stuff set out, that's okay. I am partly like that. There's pieces of me that really need to have stuff in order before I can take any action. I think set yourself realistic goals. So say like, okay, I want to learn the key phrases in Spanish. Don't say I want to know Spanish because it's impossible. Even Spanish speakers don't know Spanish fully, right? So say I want to know the key words what are the things that concern me about the most about Spanish is it being able to introduce myself being able to get out of the problem give yourself those five key common phrases and have the book on hand and if you're really worried about have a have an iPhone and spend the extra 30 40 bucks to get like minutes so you can call your mom or dad or call somebody in case you ever get in trouble right it's only 40 30 40 bucks to get international plans nowadays even less and so that's an option. If you're in terms of like plans, you can plan the whole thing. You can get a plane. You can book accommodation from the day. You can do all this online. Everything you can do, plan it out. There's even Gmail puts your flights in your calendar automatically now. And you can have these itinerary planners printed on your phone. You can print it out in paper, have everything. You can have your passport. You can get locks for your bags. Everything can be done. I think it's all about the, the barriers that you set up for yourself in terms of like, well, I can't go until I'm, I'm at this level. Or I can't go until all these things are, are locked in place. And so what I would say is just set yourself realistic goals. Number one, if you're concerned about the travel portion, book the travel portion. If you know what, you still, still you don't like not having a place when you get there, book the first day. If you're worried about not having a place the whole time, book the whole time. 
think, figure about what's the things that makes you most anxious. What are the things that make you most afraid? What are the things that are just stopping you from doing anything at all, at all? And try and be like, okay, how do I tackle those key things that are obviously my biggest problem? And really try and other things I like transports to book a shuttle. If you don't know how the bus works, book a shuttle or go on like these online services where you can chat to someone from the local town, call the tourism center, whatever it is. There's always ways around. Like if you're looking for the problem, you'll find the problem. If you're looking for the solution, you'll find that. And so try and figure out the ways around the things that make you anxious or make you scared and find solutions for them. But be organized. If you're that kind of person, lay it out, figure out what you need get it done takes a bit more time but it's not impossible mission possible right mission possible everything <laughs> is possible it's just how bad do you want it yeah. what is your mindset and then a lot of times it is uh, Henry Ford said if you think you can do it you can if you think you can't you can't right yeah. so whether if you think you can do it or not you're right mm. right and uh, you know I think therefore I am so we're almost at the end of this episode and Matt has given us so many golden nuggets and talking you know from a guy who's actually done all this before right you know again he grew up in Australia and he came to Canada wanted to stay for six months but just um, ended up didn't do a whole bunch of awesome stuff and he's been here for six years and now engaged to a awesome Canadian girl and they're gonna get married and they're gonna have cute babies <laughs> <laughs> whoa whoa whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay maybe when they have traveled Wonder. a little bit more there you go. Uh, yeah <laughs> when they have a travel a little bit more so now match um, now knowing that everything you've known now if you can go back to your younger self, younger Matt, right? Just uh, maybe fresh out of teacher's college at the age of 21. <laughs> what kind of advice would you give to the younger Matt? Um, I think I was flexible. I, I think back then I was flexible, but I was like, there was a combination. So two things I would probably tell myself is, just chill out. Don't worry about what other people think. I think everybody is a little bit self-conscious. Most people, most people are a little bit self-conscious, and they don't really know if they're going to make it. They don't really know how sure they are of themselves. So, like, oh, I tell myself, just like chill out. You know, like, doesn't matter. Don't compare yourself to other people. Just do what you want. Like, try and be confident in what you're doing. Believe in yourself, and just get it done. Like someone else doesn't like you or doesn't whatever then it's their problem right it's not to say you should go around being a douche but just be aware that you shouldn't let someone else's fear of someone else's disapproval to hold you back and the other thing would be um, just try and be a good person you know like there's times where not, I don't regret anything but there's times where I did not terrible things to people but I was rude you know or just did like kind of like was a little selfish or took took the easy way out you know if somebody was needed help I would kind of like not put my hand up or whatever and I think it's just like just remind yourself that uh, doing the right thing you're never wrong to do the right thing you know just try and have a bit of a moral compass and no matter what the cost or whatever always try and keep your integrity and do the right thing so uh, don't be afraid like don't listen. Don't worry about what other people think in terms of negative negativity. Don't let it hold you back, 
and uh, always do the right thing. If I could go back, I'd tell myself that. Awesome, awesome. And uh, always follow your curiosity, follow your passion, and 100%. don't be afraid. You know, just go on and do it. I'm hoping I don't ever need to be told that. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Matt, for this. Yeah, we've learned so much from your story, and it is a very inspirational one, right? There's not many people who's living their dream life because they're afraid, they're scared of what's gonna happen, right? Mm-hmm. For and, sure. And and uh, hopefully, listening by listening to this episode, you can believe more in yourself. Just have more faith in yourself, in knowing that whatever you want. You can do it. Instead of saying "I want to do it," say "I'm going to do it," and just go and actually do it. Take mm-hmm. action. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you're not gonna die. Mo, you know. No. Ninety-nine percent. Ninety-nine point nine percent. You're not gonna die. <laughs> you're not gonna die. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>、um, but I recommend, regardless of me, that you just try and do something that you're curious. Find something you're curious about, and try and do more. Take action today on figuring out a way to. To do that, to do that thing that you're curious about, and, and make it happen. Make it happen. Thank you for listening. This has been Mission Possible. Help us spread the mission. Like us on the Mission Possible Facebook group. Comment and rate us on iTunes. For more updates, show notes, and exciting giveaways, check out our website, mxpossible.com. If you or someone you know has a story to tell and wants to be a guest speaker on this podcast. Get in touch with us online, mxpossible.com.